0: Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered.
1: This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human
0: suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to
1: have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Hey, Valentina. Hey, Paula. And hello, everybody. And welcome to another episode of Pretty Mental.
0: So for today's podcast, we unpacked the biology of our anger and its role in our body's survival instinct, as well as how we can relate to it in a healthy way during these times. We also continue to explore what it looks like to dismantle our privilege and the language that we use so that we can continue to be
1: actively anti-racist. We talked about DARVO, which is a strategy that is commonly used by abusers to keep their power and why it's important to be conscious of this strategy as we continue challenging the systems of oppression and white supremacy in our world. So take a deep breath. And press play. You know what I realized? What? That more than ever, the question of how are you just feels so loaded. Oh, my gosh. Like, I was talking with my boss, Nicola, and we were like, we don't even like asking each other that question anymore. (laughs) We're just like, we're being... Yeah,
0: processing, integrating everything. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff happening that definitely needed to happen. And I, I mentioned this in the last podcast, but it's definitely like the whole world is going to therapy at the exact same time.
1: So anywhere that you turn you it's it's happening yeah and a big energy in the collective right now is just anger like flat out anger as you guys could see in our last <laughs> podcast <laughs> i went back and i listened to them <laughs> and i was like wow i know
0: i like, really
1: like i'm pretty mad yeah like are people going to keep listening to us but you know what and i was i'm going to write a blog post on this i feel like it is my privilege my anger is my privilege because the black community has for so long rightly so tried to show their anger and their pain on what's happening and they just get taglined as the angry black man or the angry black woman and it's about time that all the other races show up with all of the anger that they have to offer by seeing all of these injustices. You know, that's why it's so hard for me to even want to come out of the anger. Like, I don't really want to, to be honest, because... Yeah, have you been meditating? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Actually... Have you been doing breath work? No, actually, I have very much not been doing those. Me either. I've been exercising. I've been still running, so that's... I'm not just sitting there with all of my energy but I don't feel like this anger is a destructive anger, right? I don't feel like it's something that I don't know what's happening. I'm just so angry and I can't get out of this. It's I know exactly why I'm angry and I see why I need to be angry and this makes sense. That doesn't mean that I don't plan to abandon my meditation and breathwork practices. Actually, this is a thought that I've been having that it's about time to maybe start going back into them and seeing what kind of messages they have to deliver. It's interesting thinking about the path moving forward is really going to be a balance between anger and peace and having those coexist with each other. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not going to just reside in, in one of them entirely. Yeah. For so long, our
0: focus when it came to mental health has been so essentially narcissistic yeah, And you guys are just going to have to get used to hearing me say that word because I stand in the position that we are experiencing a, a, an epidemic of narcissism on in our world right now. And I just want to make clear that a narcissist isn't just somebody who looks in the mirror all day and and loves their appearance, which is what popular media has portrayed. Narcissism is not being... being not being able to hold space for other people's emotions because they make you uncomfortable. So you silence them and you oppress them essentially for your own comfort levels. And it's also kind of, it's just focused on seeing the world as everything is about you.
1: Yeah. And the crazy thing is that it's weaved its way, woven, it's woven its way into different movements. It's woven its way into the feminist movement it's woven its way I mean it's been in the in the current system that we live in that is the patriarchy I mean there's a lot of work and undoing that yeah. has to be done
0: so people have been asking me to speak about anger like we did in, in holding space and how to manage anger and it's it's interesting I'm finding myself in this position of like I don't, I don't think you should really like <laughs>
1: stay angry.
0: <laughs> I don't think you should be worried about getting rid of your anger just yet. Actually, um, it's I think it's too early for that. I, it is important to not let it completely overcome you yeah. so that you're in constant reactive fit of rage because that's not going to do anything. Essentially, let me backtrack a little bit. Anger is part of the survival fight or flight instinct response that means that it's part it's one of the things that happens when you feel like you're threatened when you feel like you're threatened your body starts getting ready to fight a war your blood vessels start dilating your heart starts beating faster your digestion stops your immune system gets suppressed because all those basic functions are not really useful as a place for your energy to be used up in, in a moment when you are threatened by something, some immediate danger. So all those basic functions get sidetracked and the energy gets pumped into your muscles. It speeds up your heart rate um, and all those things to kind of get you ready for war. Anger is part of that response. That's why it's fight, flight. Now we've made it really long. It's fight, flight, freeze, or fawn what is fawn so fawn actually and you may find this interesting is becoming really really nice when you feel that you're in a threatened situation to kind of like try to make sure that you don't get hurt mm. so it could be closer to freezing i could so see that yeah so it's like almost it's like
1: getting into an exaggerated niceness to try to like Oh my God, I relate to this entirely. That's I'm, literally, so we were supposed to have a podcast guest on for this time, um, but we had to push it back. But one of my questions for her was, what do you do when you're dealing with someone who feels like they're attacked and then they start getting angry? For example, like when you're talking to peers who really don't understand what's happening right now, and then I find myself having to water down my level of passion. I'm not even angry, but I just have to water myself down so much that I am just like this gentle person speaking about systems of oppression and people being abused so you can understand. And I'm like, I don't feel like that's the way to go either. Mhm. Yeah, so you don't shut them
0: up. Yeah, I mean, it's not really helpful. We we don't want to get into like the full unless there's literally a lion getting ready to attack you. Or actually a police officer getting ready to brutalize you, to be honest. I always say to be honest. I need to stop saying that because it's just just everything is real. (laughs) Um, Then that response is not something that you should be in all day long. So fight, flight, freeze, or fun. Flight is you run for the hills. And maybe in some ways that's what we've been doing as a society is just avoiding, 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 avoiding. That's the manifestation of that. And then fawning is like what you're describing and freezing is just like not doing anything, getting so overwhelmed that you're just not doing anything. That's not helpful either. Fawning is not necessarily helpful either, especially now we're getting to a point where we're not really interested in letting people sit in their comfort. That's not really important anymore and it's again that metaphor that we were using if you see a child being abused are you really going to be worried about how comfortable that abuser is or are you just going to jump in and and be like i don't really care about your comfort i'm witnessing you abuse this person or this child or whoever and i'm not going to sit by and fight is fight and that's rooted in in it's the biology of anger essentially and your body just gets ready for war And so like adrenaline starts pumping through your, through your body and through your system. And that's great in short bursts, but our bodies biologically can't handle staying in that space all the time at those levels because it's going to just throw off the balance. We need some of that energy to make its way back to our immune system. We need some of that energy to make its way back to our digestion we need some of the adrenaline out of our system so that we can sleep at night so that we can continue to function and think clearly so we don't want to
1: stay at those levels how do you not stay at those levels though because i feel
0: uh, i'm at those
1: levels <laughs> well no i'm just I'm, kidding i mean where i'm at now is i don't i'm telling you man i don't know what happened it's some some switch got clicked in my brain and i just can't unsee everything right now I can't unsee the kids at the border. I can't unsee the people in Yemen. I can't unsee what's happening with the black community. I can't unsee Trump. And by the way, I get like text updates from his his campaign committee people. <laughs> Felt he is like a secret agent now. <laughs> because, because I signed up for the rally that he was going to have um in it, Oklahoma that he is gonna have for, he is gonna have in Juneteenth so it's he's gonna like, have it on
0: the 20th now he moved it by a day what a f- mm.
1: breathe <laughs> <laughs> okay and so I signed up for it so there would like be reserved spots and less people there essentially because obviously I'm not going so anyway they send me all of these text updates asking for millions of dollars every single day and every time that he asked for like millions of dollars he'll say he'll he says he will five times match those millions of dollars contribution and then at at every night he texts you um Trump is really support is really disappointed that you didn't meet it so he's extending it for 30 more minutes and he's gonna five times it we're really counting on you to like make America great again and it's it's super aggravating but I just can't stop it because I have to know what they're doing (laughs) But anyway, what was I going to say? So I can't unsee any of this stuff. I can't unsee, though, what's happening around us. But at the same time, like, I don't want to unsee that because if I have the privilege to where I was before is everything is rainbows and butterflies and... Fight and love. And we're going to... Just positive think it away. Right. Like well, even, we've always spoke out against that, but... No, we didn't positive think it away. I just... Yeah. Uh, I, I was more concerned with I would go through things and I would understand, like, I wouldn't worry so much about me. I knew I was always going to be okay. But now I'm a, I'm seeing everything, that this isn't about me. My life is no longer about me. And yes, I always cared for my community, but now it's at a different level. Like, I can't be okay and I cannot sleep soundly at night knowing that people around the world are suffering suffering at this level because of other people like Trump in power who are just so money hungry and so hungry to just narcissistic and so narcissistic it's crazy so I don't want to like how what do you recommend as a therapist if I was a client coming in so okay so anchor. it doesn't feel good Right? I mean, no, it's not an enjoyable experience. It's not an enjoyable experience. But for me, it's not about that when it's tied to a greater cause. Right. But just kind of follow my line of thinking right now. Like,
0: it doesn't feel good. Right? So when we saw the destruction or the abuse and the brutalization of other human beings before, we would get angry for a moment, but then we would try to find ways to self-care and separate from it. And, you know, I got to make sure I'm okay. And we've spoken a lot about self-care on this podcast. And now that we're allowing ourselves to step into this anger and to not look away, we also have to address how self-care can be pretty narcissistic too. Because it's just like, well, let me just make sure I'm comfortable. Um, So I need to turn away from this. I I can't watch that video. I can't see what's going on because it's going to make me uncomfortable. As allies, we don't want that. We don't wanna embrace that mentality anymore. So what we need to do is we need to expand the capacity of our nervous system to hold the emotion of anger. That's what's coming up for me. And that's what I know from the meditation practices that you and I have both done, is that anger can be present and you don't have to necessarily let it lead you blindly in rage. You can witness its presence And you can hold it. So what we all need to be able to do right now is increase the capacity for holding that anger um, without letting the discomfort make us want to immediately get rid of it. It, It's hard because there's times where I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to feel this. But now turning away is not really an option. So it's how do I then make sure that while I hold this and I don't suppress it because you don't want to suppress anger, that a festering emotion of anger just being the undercurrent of what's happening in the back of your mind while you're trying to pretend it's not there is also going to throw your body off balance so So you want to acknowledge it feel it literally again feel it at the level of sensation feel it know it's there and hold space for it without trying to suppress it or get rid of it or get into fits of rage acting from it. Cause that's just going to perpetuate the level of adrenaline that's in your body and then refocus on the mission while holding it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Well, for me, my thing is not, I don't clearly, I don't suppress it. I don't unleash it. So it's not anything that's destructive. I feel like, so it sounds like I may be handling it pretty well. The other thing I need to bring in is just the self care part because i have abandoned my meditation practices i have abandoned everything else because i mean it just doesn't feel right right now mhm i get that no you it sounds like you are handling it really well it's also
0: we have to watch out cuz it, it's hard not to get really obsessive
1: yeah that i think like I, i've been
0: watching so many youtube videos so many interviews reading so many articles and it's it's getting a little bit compulsive So I have to be like, but it's so hard. I'm like,
1: what else am I going to read? Nothing else feels relevant. Nothing else feels relevant. What I'm also thinking is for the self-care aspect is like I I feel more okay with going back to my breath work and my meditation and my writing because I need to figure out how to hold space for myself and heal how I feel right now so I can help others heal as well. Yeah. I think... The mindset shift that I've had is that I no longer think that getting rid of the anger means healing. Well, I'm saying meditate so you can bring in messages and in breath work and writing so you can bring in messages to to heal. Oh, yeah. Not to get rid of it. It's like because when I do breath work and when I do meditations, I get so many pings of like, what's the next step that I need to take? And what's the next what messages is the universe giving me? No, not necessarily, it's never telling me to get rid of. I don't see it telling me to get rid of the anger. I just see it telling me to like, this is what you need to know as you move forward.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So essentially, what you're doing by going back to those practices now, it's not the intention is not to get rid of the anger. The intention is to increase our, capa- our nervous system capacity to hold it. Because it was that incapacity to hold it that had all of us being like, ooh, I can't look you know, I'm, 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 I know this is there, but if I look, it's going to upset me too much. So I'm just going to go do my yoga and drink my smoothies and work on my interpersonal boundaries and my relationships, <laughs> which now seem like it's super important, but now that we're seeing the true disease in society, that's like secondary, you know, everything has been kind of been put into perspective. So then now, coming back to the meditation and the those kind of practices, really, it's just about making sure that you have your full brain power available to you, which we are all going to need in order to intelligently dismantle this these systems of white supremacy. We don't want to lose our brain power. And if we just get caught in the rage. Uh, we are going to lose our brain power. And if we get caught in suppression, that's also going to make us lose our brain power. So it's just you know, expand your nervous system capacity, holding it at the level of sensation. Do, do you think people understand what I mean by that?
1: The level of sensation? Yeah. Maybe if you're a new pod, new podcast listener, not entirely. So we can give a brief description of what we mean by that.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So every emotion that you, ex- your body is like your emotional brain. So every emotion that you experience, you will first, there's some debate about this. Uh, in the psychology field, but I stand by this from my own experiences in meditation. You will first experience that emotion at the level of sensation. It's all sensation first. Your body responds before your brain, y- your logical conscious brain even really knows what's happening. So you'll experience the sensation first. For me, I sense anger as like a burning feeling in my heart. And then the mind starts making up stories to match that because it likes to be congruent. The body and the mind like to be congruent. So we already know why we're angry. So we don't need to get lost in
1: the stories. That could actually kind of distract us from the mission. your Your mind might try to come up with different kind of conclusions or different like what you need to do immediately to resolve it. But really what you need to do is just feel it. You need to feel it you need to feel
0: it and you need to keep donating to causes keep reading keep working out i mean maybe maybe exercise is just the most effective type of medication meditation we can all be doing right now and breath work because breath work is the same
1: thing breath work increases the capacity of your nervous system like crazy and it helps you also flush out all of the emotions that you store in your cells all the trauma that you've been holding on to you guys can probably hear my in the Leah is meowing like crazy today. <laughs> what is going
0: on? She wants all the attention. Jesus. So yeah, so that's our take on how to relate to anger right now in a healthy manner and continue this movement. Was that clear though that what you said, first you feel the sensations and then what? You feel the sensations, then your mind, like within a fraction of a second, your mind starts coming up with stories that match it. And then those stories will further feel the sensation, which would then, it creates a loop system, which will then exacerbate the story, which will feel the sensation. And that's when you get caught in rage. Right. So you just have to continuously go back to your sensations. You have to continuously go back to and feel it. Like I'm feeling it right now. I think the sensation of anger has been in my body for day, like it's just made a room it's like a, a roommate now
1: that's how it's been for me but to be honest the anger has started to infiltrate my dreams oh God. <laughs> so like it's i'm starting it's crazy i did not sleep well at all last night so i'm too tired to be angry today but my <laughs> my dreams last night were like me in a courtroom like yelling <sighs> and like and also in like a dance circle being like listen to us and maybe
0: you should do maybe this means something
1: Start a dance circle. I don't know. I've definitely, I'm like, I've had thoughts of like start a dance
0: circle. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. We have to release it so it doesn't necessarily get jammed up inside of us. We're not going to get rid of it. People need to keep getting upset. Man,
1: I'm telling you, I don't want people to stop being angry. I wasn't kidding when I said we need to hold on to this for a couple billions of years, which obviously I hope this ends like tomorrow, you know, but that's just not the reality of it. But we need to be angry. We need to be angry because, again, I feel like now I'm starting to get angry. <laughs> <laughs> See,
0: I feel the, I, the loop system. Happening. I mean,
1: just to be honest, I really do feel like my anger is my privilege because I get the privilege to just be angry. I don't have to walk outside and be scared for my life. I don't have to not wear a hoodie or, or not walk at nighttime or. I mean, I don't have to be scared for my life when a cop is behind me. So it is my privilege to be angry. Yeah. And if that's all I get, then I'm going to stick on that and allow that to be my fuel as I go forward. Because it's just crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I have friends who are scared to leave the house. And Absolutely. I get it. So
0: like fear, a lot of times underlies anger. But when you're really scared, you can get stuck in that vibration, in the vibration of fear. So then it's psychologically healthy actually if you step up from fear into anger because anger starts energizing your body and you start mobilizing and if you don't if we don't allow that to happen then we can get stuck in that lower level of fear and depression which um, also disrupts our the health of our body and it will make us like more susceptible also to getting sick. We just don't wanna stay there. Staying in that depressed, fearful place is not helpful, so if you're able to move from that and get into anger, then it's, it's psychologically healthy and it's fine to do that. Anger is not always bad, it's here to, it's like the bodyguard of the emotional system, like it's here to like ramp us up for the next thing, which is courage. And this is something that I brought up in the Holding Space uh, session that we did last Thursday that we the reason we don't want to let the system just put us into a fit of rage is because that's upsetting our biology and they they're already trying they've already tried to colonize our human rights and colonize our minds so allowing them to keep us in a d- disturbed biological place in a, in in a way is giving them power over our biology so when you let situations and people for the most part. Sometimes rage is absolutely necessary in the moment when somebody's life is literally being threatened, then like completely access that. But then that's appropriate because you're gonna release it. But other than that, if you stay in that place of rage and anger and you don't find ways to like release it through breath work or exercise and actionable goal-focused action and you just keep it, then you're letting the system also kind of like infiltrate your biology. And this is where that whole rest is resistance thing comes in also that uh the the not ministry is always talking about where it's like we're not gonna let you take over our our bodies
1: anymore so. yeah that's how I feel very much about my nutrition right now as well is that I our gut is our second brain and if we start eating junk and sugar and alcohol and all of this all of these toxins in our body we're literally cutting off a part of our instincts and we're allowing this system to take over that as well. So if I was not motivated to be healthy <laughs> before, I'm extra now because I know they're not going to take care of you. You have to take care of yourself. You have, to, you have to clean out your second brain and let it be crystal clear because it's, it's pivotal in the continuation of awakening.
0: It is. Yeah. So we're basically going through a massive awakening. And as healthy as we can be as we move through that is great. But we're not going to do it perfectly. I ordered. <laughs> I actually got insomnia cookies, cookies delivered. Yeah. <laughs> to my, as you're speaking, I'm like, mm-hmm, yes, crystal clear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got insomnia mm-hmm. cookies. Second brain, right? No toxins. <laughs> Absolutely no. Dude, knows. insomnia cookies are really good. Oh, though. my God. They're really good. They're so good. I want to talk about Darvo. Let's talk about Darvo. So this is
0: the other thing that has been uh, become abundantly clear to me. This is the way in which my consciousness is evolving around this issue. How much it just reflects an abusive relationship. Yeah. And like I I've said that I think I said in the last podcast, but it's just getting like that awareness, it's just getting deeper and deeper and I'm like, "Oh my god. I didn't I saw it before, but now the extent which I'm seeing and
1: I'm just like, "Yo, this is crazy. That's where my anger is coming from because you're seeing the black community be outright bullied. Yeah, I think Trevor Noah is the one that said
0: this. He was like because of you know the new Jim Crow and mass incarceration and the war on drugs, which were all attempts to put the black community into the prison system in order to create a system of disguised slavery, what they put out into the collective consciousness was this idea that black is crime. And in reality, this is what, how Trevor Noah said, He's that in reality, black is most affected by crime. And for as much as I've been dismantling my own white privilege, I'm also, rec- I have to be completely honest, completely honest, <laughs> with the fact, why do you
1: laugh? Because I wish we had a video. <laughs> Uh, so people could see your hand motions. With the fact that they are parts
0: of my psyche. And now, I, I mean, for years now, I've been like, hell no. Like, I'm not buying into that. That we're conditioned through the media, through movies and all that stuff to see black people as more dangerous. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a total thing. Totally. So now that I'm like, holy they were not the most. They were not the ones in danger. I mean, I mean, they weren't the dangerous ones. They were the ones in danger.
1: There is a comedy special by D. L. Hughley. I actually will post it on our show notes. It's really good. But he was basically trying to. He, he went to he saw this endangered animal on some tour that he was on, and it was like a I forgot what it was, but like a platypus. Whatever. Let's just pretend it was a platypus. And they were like, you can't touch that platypus, or else you if you harass it, it's one thousand dollar fine. Wow. And he was like, wait a minute. So you're telling me if this animal is on the endangered species list, it, you will be fined if you harass it. So he was like, can I put the black man on the endangered species list? Which is like the just the saddest, most it, it pissed me off. But he I, I'm like, can he do it? And he tried. He literally tried. And he had people try to sign petitions to try to put the black man on the endangered species list. And he had oh a, he really tried to put the black man no, on no he literally just, did he wow. like went to lobbyists and everything and they just looked at him like they were cr- like he was crazy but then they would be like "Will you put this like black bear or like this duck or whatever animal on the endangered species list and people were like yeah they're so brainwashed they're so brainwashed to believe no that they are not putting the black community in the the extreme levels of danger that that they have been putting them in,
0: yeah, absolutely. And brainwashing
1: everyone to believe that
0: they were the dangerous ones. Mm-hmm. Talk about gaslighting. Talk gaslighting. By the way, for those of you who are not familiar, is
1: completely denying somebody's reality and twisting it around, saying like, "Oh no, you're thinking about it differently. You're overreacting. You're yeah. you need to get over your talk about
0: talk about being abused and mistreated and oppressed and such to such extreme levels." And then being told and having everybody around you buy into the story that you were the dangerous one when you were the one getting abused. Like, that is just crazy. That's the part of my brain now that is, like, really coming forth. And I'm just like, yo, this is the most
1: abusive relationship if there ever was one. So it's crazy. It's crazy. And we grew up in Alpharetta, right? Which is very white. Very privileged, and so we definitely had a lot of that—that that, um, what do you call it? Brainwashing. That brainwashing put into us. And I remember actually when I got my first house in in Atlanta, it was in a predominantly black neighborhood, and when you got your first what house? Oh yeah yeah yeah. And there were people around me that were like, "Be careful, be careful," and I. I understood what they were saying. I obviously knew the narrative. But I remember being in that neighborhood and being like, this is the safest I've ever fucking felt. I don't get it.
0: Yeah, tell them about, like, that one neighbor that, like, watched you.
1: Oh, every time they would see me on a walk alone, they would be like, make sure you're good, make sure you're safe. I mean, my neighbors were amazing. They would We would look out for each other. It was a big community. They would take care of you. Meanwhile, in Alpharetta, there was, like, robbings and people breaking into people's houses and the, and... I mean, it's just such a lie it's such that a we lie. have been told
0: that the black community is dangerous and they've done that in order to criminalize the black community so that they can put the black community in prison and create modern day slavery, which is just, mm, I mean, it's just so abusive, man. Like, so that's
1: the, the, this is where we get into what Darvo is. And Darvo is deny, accuse, <sighs> reverse victim, and oppress.
0: Mm -hmm. Mhm.
1: So it's it's the strategy behind uh,
0: what a lot of abusive abusers do in communication, which is, yeah, the abuser will deny that the abuse ever took place, which we have seen. Oh, you know, like slavery wasn't. Oh, my God. Or even like creating movies like Gone with the Wind, where they try to show slavery uh, in a in a positive light, like saying like, oh, no, you know, showing an image of 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 black people that were enslaved
1: really quick before you go into darvo i want to mention and I, didn't, I just totally cut you off too that's with what you're saying is that i was thinking about my schooling and what they taught me about the black community and the first education that i got was very much about the whatever slave trade like the triangle i don't even yeah, know what the it's called.
0: transatlantic slave
1: trade yeah and that there were these black people who were slaves. That's, that's how it started, right? And I'm sitting here, and I can't believe I never thought about it before, but there, it's my privilege, is that that is not black history. They teach black history as slavery. What they're not telling everyone, and what a lot of people can like haven't grasped, is that Africans had their own rich culture, their rich language, their established communities, their traditions. They had everything. They left that out of our textbooks. They left that out of our textbooks and they didn't show, "Oh, we had this white man and these colonizers who went and they stole them from their lands and they stole them from their families and they they, you know, they didn't frame them as abusers. What they framed them as these Colonizers. As colonizers. They just but, said the
0: word colonizers. They didn't say like it called it for what it was. Like, they didn't call it. The most it. atrocious crimes on humanity And they were showed, being convicted and people were stolen from their land and enslaved. That's actually something else that I, I love that Instagram is putting up so much educational stuff right now because I'm realizing like words that I can use better. And for example, not saying the word slave because that's saying like that's what that person's identity was, <clears throat> but rather saying people that person was enslaved yeah which is an ad it was something that was done was done to them um but yeah i interrupted you
1: no and they show i mean it's what we do and they showed the white people as as um god what was i gonna say i forgot what i was gonna say like civilized or something oh no 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 they showed the black people as victims from day one like there were these they were like, oh, like poor slaves that got dragged from wherever, you know. They didn't show like, what am I trying to say? They hey, they weren't victims. Abuse. Like you. You're a criminal. Like they were victims of the system, but they, that was not their identity is what I'm trying to say. But that's all that they would place them in. I remember they showed us the movie Roots and all they would want us to see is just how black people got abused. And it was never any like this is. Like, they had a whole world. They had a whole life. They had a whole culture before this.
0: You know, that's what Robin, I was watching a Robin D'Angelo special last night, among the many things that I've been watching, and she was saying how it's always been these stories that we hear of, like, oh, you know, the triumph of black people, the triumph of the indigenous, and these, these stories that kind of tug at our hearts for, like, the resilience of these people when it's comfortable for us to lean into that. But we never stopped and asked, What were they triumphing over? Like, what were they being resilient to? Why is that always left out of the narrative? They're being resilient to the abuse of the white man. That's always left out of the narrative. It's just focused on like, oh, cool. Like, look how resilient these people are. Or, yes, they were enslaved. But language is used very intentionally to take racism and white privilege off of the table in a lot of these
1: mass media conversations. So... Important. It's so sickening it's so sickening i can't even imagine what it would be like having colombians and spanish people in in that position yeah you know?
0: yeah absolutely now i can't i it i was already kind of annoyed by the way that uh hollywood portrays black culture oh my god that's an, but now yeah. now i can't even Honestly, like, I was watching Parks and Rec, which I've always loved, and it's, like, so whitewashed. Like, it's always white protagonists, you know,
1: white people as the saviors. Um, It's the same with Dynasty, the show that I was watching. They have, like, the house staff, black. They have some white, but it's black. Like, the people who are actually in power and the people who have money and prestige and wealth, they're all white.
0: Yeah, so not
1: all of them, but the still they 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 still have stereotypes that it's like it's it's you're hitting like you're doing too much there, like there's definitely racism that's interwoven into that, into like almost everything. Now that you start looking, like finally now they're starting to
0: do things like okay, they're gonna take Aunt Jemima logo off of the pancakes. Finally, the Aunt Jemima logo has has been is, is is super disrespectful because it's the logo of the mammy which is how they used to paint like the black woman as this like you know oversized just very nurturing and always happy um to to take away from the suffering that was actually happening in the abuse and like that that that's still there um there's a bunch of different ways in which this is woven into the system that we just kind of adapted to
1: that's where so much of my anger is coming from that everything we're saying is so like duh it was right there in front of our face the whole time so why weren't we like picking everything apart from day one and picking every kind of media apart and every every narrative apart why weren't we so clearly seeing that I gave it I mean I
0: I wanted I did see it when I was at UGA and there's other times where I leaned into it but I just, I keep going back to the fact that like the collective is not willing to look. So I feel like I'm finally speaking up on it a little more aggressively than I was before. I don't know. All I know is that we're doing it now and it's way overdue, but it needs to be done. And so DARVO, getting back to DARVO. So it's that acronym of, so first is like you deny that the abuse ever took place, right? It's kind of like you're saying in those textbooks, it's almost like, they were already victims they were slaves and mm-hmm. you know in some ways like and we
1: also went there as missionaries to help them
0: mm-hmm. so it's kind of like trying to lighten what really happened yeah then it's attacked the victim for attempting to hold the abuser accountable angry black woman angry black man we're just gonna criminalize you we're gonna put you in prisons um and then reverse and, victim yeah and then reversing the victim and offender which is victim blaming
1: So it's everybody, you know... um, And also saying the oppressors are oppressed as well. Yeah, who said that? I don't know, but I've been seeing that on Instagram. Like, whenever you hear someone say the oppressors are oppressed as well, I'm like, if I hear someone saying that shit, that's crazy. Yeah, like... I haven't personally heard it, but I've seen, like, memes to tell you, like, what to say.
0: Yeah, like, on the one hand, I recognize that people that abuse is because they're in some kind of internal suffering or else they wouldn't be enacting those acts on other humans but that's kind of irrelevant right now because we can't get distracted the thing is it can I I, just because of my training and my perspective and just like who I've always been I try to look at both sides but right now I'm letting myself
1: be lopsided what do you mean by lopsided because you can still be someone who has not gone through a lot of pain and you can be fine like the quote-unquote good person but you're still very racist, very oppressive, and very abusive because of the systems and the structures that you grew up in.
0: Right, yeah. The thing is that I always try to... Yeah. This is just how I've kept myself saying through life is by saying, like, okay, let me understand where they're coming from so that I don't have
1: to take it personally. Then I don't think you're being lopsided. I think that you're being fair. Fair to what? Fair to your positioning that you're about to speak on is is like you're like i'm gonna be lopsided and give basically the abusers
0: well i'm just i'm not as interested in deconstructing the psychology of the abuser from a place of compassion right now right which is something that i've always tried to do because i'm like oh man like we need to heal everybody like yeah the fact that people are doing this to each other it's like come on Like, so I try
1: to understand you to
0: heal you. I just because if I can heal you, then you're not going to hurt all
1: these people. But the thing is, like, that's taking entirely too long. Yeah, but they don't need healing. They need they need unlearning is where I come from. Yeah, I don't think you're being lopsided. I think you're being fair and completely being like, this is not our time to understand where you're coming from. This is our time to be like, wake the fuck up or get out. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree with that. There's just no more room for understanding. There's really not.
0: The part that's tricky is that the people, and this is where fawning comes into place, is that the people that are in power, uh, that hold like systematic power and corporate power, um, are usually white men. Mm -hmm. And they are generalizing here because i'm going to and robin d'angel does it and so i'm letting her give me permission to do this they are the ones that have some of the highest levels of white fragility right like they don't want to admit it they don't want to sit with the guilt of it they don't want to see it and it takes a lot of work to try to see it and it's super uncomfortable and if you're benefiting from the system why would you want to Mm -hmm. and so that there's that part of me that's like, how can we get through to them? And this is where fawning takes place, right? So maybe that part of me that's like, well, let me understand where you're coming from so that then I can try to like teach you in a more gentle way, in a way that you'll actually
1: listen. But essentially, I think that's taking too long. Yeah, because that's what I've kind of been doing with some peers. But at the same time, I feel like where my heart is, is not putting in more energy to try to like coddle them into understanding entirely, you know, unless you're open to listening then. Yeah. But my energy is like, okay, so now if we're going to take the power out of your hands by putting power back in the hands of the people that you robbed.
0: Right. So it's less energy now being put into trying to help them understand and more energy being put into, I'm just kind (laughs) of saying the same thing you are, but more energy being put into the people that are willing to understand and that want to understand and investing energy in that group so that that group can get more empowered and start holding more influence in society. Yeah. So it's just redirecting our energy in that way. Okay. Which, you know, makes sense. So you were at reverse victim? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get through DARVO at some point. Reverse victim. and I mean, it's that's what it is. Yeah. It's yeah. like you are, let's say the white man, right? That it is trying to do right but doesn't see his implicit bias and so then he gets called out for it and gets into a position of like oh you know like I try to do the best I can like you're just denying all of my effort or I feel judged I feel judged which I had
1: thrown at me <laughs> this is so annoying it really is like get over it you're you didn't deal with half of this stuff you've been fine you've been fine yeah like you can handle being a little judge jesus yes i am judging you and what you deserve to be judged right now allow yourself to be judged so you can open your eyes up Mm Mm-hmm. you know so
0: increasing we are increasing as allies we're increasing our nervous system capacity to hold anger and people that are kind of essentially white people and non-black people of color too that have had privilege need to open up their nervous system capacity increase it to be able to be a little more uncomfortable sometimes
1: totally you have to also come up be increase your ability to to say I fucked up like dang yeah I did that me and KJ had a real talk the other day and I spoke to him and I'm like I I mean I fucked up I really did there were so many times where I now see that I was not validating his reality your reality you're, and you're like throwing love
0: and light on it
1: I was throwing love and light on it and I cannot even imagine the level of pain that you have to deal with and the level of pain of having someone so close to you not acknowledging that entirely
0: so we all just have to own up we have actually to. something I said in the last podcast that bothered me was that I said fr- that they took free labor from the enslaved people. And I'm like, oh, that bothered me so much. And I said it a couple times because it, there's nothing f- like there's no free labor. It means that like it was free. You, you know, it's free. You took it. it. You stole. Yeah. The labor. Yeah. And I said that too, but I did say free labor. So I want to take that word entirely out. <laughs> yeah. If you listen to it, I'm getting rid of that. You stole that labor. And also, again, thank you, Instagram, for, for the education that it's passing around. But it's instead of saying stolen labor, also saying stolen labor knowledge and skills. Yeah. Because as long as we continue to say just only stolen labor, it's once again putting black humans into that category of like, all you're good at is for labor. You're, it's another way in which they also try to dehumanize the enslaved people. Say like their IQ was actually lower and there's actually scientists that
1: tried to prove it. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, they tried to prove it. This is why my anger is not going down anytime soon. (laughs) I keep learning more things. (laughs) Yeah, they tried to prove it. Oh my God. Yeah, we can
0: learn more about it. But they like showed skulls and they were like, see, the white man's skull is... Oh, you, that sounds familiar. Yeah, the white man's skull is, is this and that. They're, they're more intelligent. And this is how we can keep our economic system comfortable and we can keep getting millions and millions and millions of dollars from this stolen labor because they are not the same species as us, which is just blasphemous. Crazy. Do we all need to switch our careers To politics? To civil rights lawyers? I've definitely had those thoughts. I'm like, should I, am I, should we all just be politicians now? Yeah. So we're getting pretty close to time, but just in case we didn't make Darvo clear enough with all of our tangents, Darvo is a common strategy that abusers use to keep their power. So another aspect that this is great, uh, you know, that we're all waking up to this it's also because we can start calling it out in our interpersonal relationships a little more clearly. And so the more that we wake up to the way that those abusive practices happen at the micro level, which is the individual level, the more that we can recognize it happening at the macro level, now that we're all willing to look, and the more that we become aware of how it's happening at the macro level, it can also inform us of what we're doing and putting up within our personal lives. Um, So now it's, the awesome part from a healer's perspective is that this healing now is not just individual. Like we're finally doing the collective healing that needed to take place. And we can let the individual inform the collective and the collective inform the individual. And with that, um, that's the podcast for today.
1: We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Be kind to yourselves out there. Keep the movement going. Let us know how you're doing or if you have any questions. Mm -hmm. Keep playing our podcast in the background of, people that aren't open to these discussions
1: people are sleeping
0: (laughs) put some background music to it and make it like a a hypnotherapy track (laughs) Yes. they're sleeping this is a microaggression you need to
1: get more comfortable with being uncomfortable with that we love you guys tune in (laughs) monday mornings at 6 a.m est and that's it peace out be kind to yourselves bye bye